We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hello and welcome. This is Coach Tanya with Critical Bench and the Strong by Design podcast. And today I am so excited, so excited to do this podcast with Wendy Hart. We talked a little bit, I think about a week or two ago. And ever since then, I've been, it's like a kid waiting for Christmas. Um, I've been so excited to do this podcast for myself. I'm being very selfish here. Now, Wendy Hart, she is an international speaker and performance coach, and she is the creator of, now get this, The Procrastination Cure a complete system that compels you to follow through. Okay. So I think that applies to a lot of us. Um, And Wendy, (laughs) Wendy, really, she, she sticks her neck out here because she can follow through herself. Her promise to her clients is that she can increase your follow through by three times or more in three months or less without relying on your willpower. So she is the lady that will make you get stuff done when you aren't or you're self-sabotaging, or you're just not like me, not even sure why sometimes you're not getting down to getting something done that you know you need to do, that you have lots of time to. She's the one that makes this make sense without any guilt, uh, without any peer pressure. She is just someone who understands the brain and how human beings think. And I'm going to stop talking now because I want all of us to listen to Wendy. So Wendy, welcome. Tanya, thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, great, Wendy. I'm like I said. I've been. I've just been waiting, like sitting on the edge of my seat, waiting to do this podcast. So, I mean, I briefly introduced you, but nothing to the accolades to which you deserve. So, why don't you tell us just a little bit? Give us a little bit more background on who Wendy is and why she's so awesome. <laughs> Bless your heart. Well, you know, you mentioned a little bit in there. I'm blessed, right? I have a charmed life now. I get to be an international speaker and coach and serve thousands of clients all over the world, six continents, every place but Antarctica. Been doing this for like 18 years. And it's it's really humbling. I get to receive all these great letters from folks, you know, about how this unusual, unorthodox method is making it easy for them to get unstuck. But it was not always this way. Mm. <laughs> it so was not always this way. I grew up in a home that was so violent and colorful, we could have been on the Jerry Springer show. And you know, suffice it to say that we had a secret life. We had an inner life. We had the outside life because my parents were these very good looking people. My dad was a super genius. They had a social mask and nobody knew, right? We had to be get straight A's and be perfect and all that. But at home, there was extreme mental illness and Mm -hmm. violence in my family. So to say that I grew up with self-esteem lower than the curb is an understatement. And I had, I was the most stuck person you ever met. So this work was required. Necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I, I by right, statistically, it would, have, it would have been more likely that I didn't make it out of there or that I were addicted to drugs and alcohol now or uh, okay. some kind of a sex worker. And none of that's true. And yeah. it's because of these uh, wonderful things I was able to learn. And I will say, you know, as a little girl, I had this nervous system that was patterned to have a hair trigger response to everything. But I also was blessed to have a particular kind of drive and mm-hmm. natural gifts as a teacher. And Tanya, I remember being really young and thinking, you know, if I ever get out of here, if I ever make it out of here, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to discover what the heck allows people to thrive and be happy. And then I'm going to share it with everybody. So what happened was I went on a quest and I got lucky. I got a full scholarship, academic scholarship to school because I wouldn't have gone to college. Otherwise wouldn't have been able. And while other kids were partying, I was in the library reading psych abstracts, trying to figure out how to stop these nightmares, you know? Mm. And I went on a crazy quest to study neuroscience and brain chemistry and have a lot of therapy and uh, too many models of personal development to count. And that's what ended up becoming the system that I use now because I was able to cherry pick the little bits that worked, put them into a new recipe. They're so different than what all the gurus tell you. I'm kind of the opposite of all the other gurus, but it's what worked for me. And Basically, first I worked with singers because I was a starving artist and had 300 uh, singers and got them over their stage fright, but we were all poor. We were all starving (laughs) artists and I was, you know, waitressing and then did it with golfers and I don't even golf, but the same brain hacks had a guy break a 35 year record in the PGA. 
Wow. And then we worked with sales and call reluctance. And then I was blessed in, uh, I got a contract with an ex Tony Robbins trainer to work with 2000 home-based business women. And their biggest problem was they procrastinated and they didn't Mm. know procrastination Mm -hmm. was not their fault. And that's when the whole system came full. So I'm that's, so that's really the, how it all came to be in an odd way. I found out I'm good at cherry picking, putting the bits together that actually work that are very unusual, but it's turned into a recipe and I'm delighted about that. Well, I am so happy you found this with yourself <laughs> because um, that for, I mean, it took us, I think we went back and forth texting for like a month before we were actually able to connect and talk on the phone. Yeah. And I remember when you started telling your story, I was like, all of my flags were going up, like good flags. I was like, it was like you were telling my parts of my story. And I was mm. like, oh my gosh, like yeah. everything this woman is saying is resonating so strongly with me. I need to find out what this is because. I think at some point in our conversation, I was like, I, you need to help me because very similar background, mm, very mm. similar story, and then very also very self-motivated, very driven to succeed, very hard on myself, like very hard, a lot of us, it's very hard yes. to perfectionists, right? Perfectionists. Yes. And nobody, I mean, you don't even have to try to beat us up because we'll do a brilliant job of it on our own. And yet given enormous tasks with that are multifaceted with lots of time to do being able to do it brilliantly mm-hmm. getting it done in the 11th hour and, yeah. and and then feeling like what is wrong with me like you always pull it through shine you come through and people are like wow this is amazing this is great mm-hmm. and you're sitting I'm sitting there like going oh my lord I just I, I need a four-week holiday because I, <laughs> I, I, I put I put myself under so much stress Yes. It off. And it's, it's a weird kind of procrastination because it's not like putting it off because you don't want to deal with it. It's almost like, I'm just, I'm talking from personal experience, putting it off to try to find the perfect way mm. to do it mm. or the perfect, you know, that roadmap. Like I see, here's the beginning pieces. I can see the end, but what on earth happens between that that like, where's this wall? Where's this road? Where's this like stall coming in? And when you were talking about the three brains, I'm just like, Hey, I, I have to talk (laughs) very soon. So I think there's just so many of us that are challenged by this, especially those of us that are overachievers and are very successful. I think sometimes there can be this illusion that, well, the people that are overachievers and are extremely successful, they have got it all together, which in fact, Nine times out of 10, the exact opposite is true. We have all the components, but it's almost like they're floating in space and it's trying to pull them all together to make sense so that it flows as opposed to this very high, stressful, anxiety-driven process. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you find our show helpful in any way, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Your review will help us reach more listeners and continue to change lives. Let's get back to the show. When it comes to procrastination, it really comes with a very negative connotation, like laziness. Yes. Unmotivated, not driven, no ambition, no vision, no passion. And none of that is true, correct? That's correct. None of that is true. Okay. So for all of the 90 some percent of us sitting out there that are overachievers and hard on ourselves and actually do really great things or have really great vision ideas, because I told you about the novel I've been working on. Yes. For like how many years now? (laughs) You're in great company. Trust me, you're in great company. Talk to us about procrastination so we can stop kicking ourselves. Yes. About it and telling ourselves how, because that only just feeds that it only further feeds the, per- not, I, and I don't even like the word procrastination, but it's accurate. So what can you tell us about that? So we can stop beating the heck out of ourselves and blaming ourselves. Like there's something wrong with us. We're just bad people or we're like, not bad people, but you know what I mean? Yes, I totally know what you're meaning. I'm okay. happy to share. The bottom line is this, all your listeners are just missing a little bit of critical information that has to do with newer brain science that wasn't available when we were kids in school, but by rights ought to be taught in our eighth grade science class. And Mm. it's missing this little bit of information that causes all that shame, all that self-judgment. It causes us to listen to the gurus and do what they say, which in my humble opinion is actually also missing the critical information. Mm -hmm. Well-intentioned, but not 
well-informed, it causes us to shoot ourselves in the foot. And absent this information, if we compound the problem with the inordinate amount of shame, guilt, and suffering. So the first thing I'd like to say is, just like you, a lot of people will hate that word procrastination, but this could equally be called the overwhelm cure, the yes. state fright cure, as well as the procrastination cure. It deeply helps correct the self-sabotage that's happening almost by autopilot. Um, because again, we're just missing information. And I just want people to know, metaphors are the language of the unconscious mind. So let's start here. Mm. I like people to know that it's as though they're a Ferrari sitting in the driveway and all they're really missing is the air in their tires, right? You already are set up to succeed because the, the procrastination problem is that you're a 21st century human with caveman era brain and nervous system hardwiring and nobody ever gave you the equivalent of the air in your tires or the operating manual on how to operate your brain and your nervous system. Hmm. So it's easiest if we just take a couple seconds and talk about the brain. Is that okay with you? Oh, I, hey, I love, I'm all about the brain and brain science and all of that. Totally <laughs> okay. into that. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So this is, this starts with what you were missing. So if everybody listening can just call up a picture of the brain right now, right. and it's like a big giant gray squiggly thing. And most of us picture one big brain. Yeah. But in fact, that's not true. As you mentioned, it's actually three smaller brains stacked on top of each other. And mm. it's the way those three brains are connected and talking to each other that's been causing all the mischief. So the brain on the bottom is your brain stem, the reptilian brain. It's responsible for all the automatic stuff, your heart rate and your breathing. Yeah. And so we don't have to think about that. Great design, but very primitive languages. So the brain right. translates everything into four Fs, food fight, flight, or fooling around, right? That's Caveman. the bottom. Caveman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. brain above that is your middle brain, and that one's the seat of our emotions. Mm -hmm. And so it's got a language of only two things, pain, let me run away and hide from that, or pleasure, yummy, yummy, I got to run toward that. Yeah. And so it's also primitive. And the there's also a, a structure in there, the alarm. There's a little, most people have heard of the amygdala. Yeah. It's like two little bitty almonds, right? It's an alarm that we think has nothing to do with our lives, but it's actually causing lots of trouble because when it's activated, a chemical cascade comes down, actually 1,400 chemicals and 30 hormonal responses every time that thing fires in a strong mm. way. Powerful chemical cascades that create trouble for us to be moving forward. So okay. what we're not missing, the biggest piece we're not missing is that what everybody will tell you or everybody presumes that your top brain, your thinking brain, the one on the top, the prefrontal cortex, the where you can do math problems and have logic and reason and be rational, everybody mm -hmm. thinks that one runs the show. But the truth is the bottom two brains are the gatekeepers. Ah. Every single piece of information that comes into your brain, that's everything you see, yeah. hear, taste, touch, smell, all of it goes through those bottom two brains first with the primitive languages. Yes. And when they decide anything is dangerous, which sidebar is everything that's unknown, because back in caveman days, most unknown things could kill you, right? Yeah. So your, your yeah. nervous system is set up that everything unknown, it's always going to err on the side of caution, and it's going to kick the alarm in. Mm. And when that happens, your top brain gets hijacked. Your top oh. brain loses the ability, you lose the ability to be in touch with how smart you actually are. Because when the alarm gets kicked in big ways or small ways, blood leaves your top brain. Back in caveman days, when a saber-toothed tiger was running at the caveman, he didn't have time to logic it out and think big animal, big teeth. Yeah, fight or flight. Fight or flight, right? It's instantaneous yeah. chemical cascade. But the blood leaves the top brain and we go a little stupid. We affectionately okay. call this going stupid. So this is why. In the morning, you might feel really clear, you feel calm, you make a list for the day of all the things you're going to accomplish, you have plenty of energy and enthusiasm, you're going to do it. And then you wonder by four, five, six in the afternoon, I didn't do anything on my list. Like, I didn't, like why? Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 right? Why? And what we're not aware of is that that alarm has been triggered in big ways and small ways, teeny tiny ways all day. And we so don't feel it. We're, we have no awareness that this is happening. Now, this is the really important part. People mm -hmm. are like, well, 
that's not true for me. Why would my alarm get tripped in? I'm not afraid of anything. Well, no, your top brain has nothing to do with your what your top brain knows right. or thinks is dangerous, but your bottom two brains have to do with what happened to your nervous system mostly before the age of two. So wow. when, you, when you were in the womb, let's say your mom was kind of a nervous person. When mm-hmm. you were in the womb and you were born, 70% of your nervous system response to outside life triggers are based on her and your attachment style, secure or insecure is based on the mother. You're born with it. Then let's say you're an infant and she's walking around and she sees a big old pile of laundry and she's habituated to feel shame about that. She looks at the laundry, she feels dread, her alarm kicks in, the chemical cascade comes down, she feels a lump in her stomach. She's like, oh, I'm a bad mother. But she's in your, you're in her arms and there's something called mirror neurons and you're picking all that up. Hmm. So then you grow up and you're triggered by laundry or something similar to laundry. And you don't know why, because you know, that's not dangerous, but it doesn't matter. Your brain and body are trying to keep you alive and in survival. And until and unless you can learn how to use the operating system and retrain that alarm in your brain, you will be suffering all the time with things that never get to the top brain. All those feelings of dread and resistance we feel, mm-hmm. actually, basically, I'll just say this, anything you're procrastinating on, anything. Wow. This is such, yeah. like I'm getting goosebumps because yeah. it's like, it's kind of like we're, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to just in very nuts and bolts, simple terms, we're basically born pre-wired almost 70% to things to which we have no control over yep. yet upon being born and coming of age where we can read and write and speak and understand, we actually had, you know, had this stuff been taught or if it was part of the normal everyday learning curve that yep. we're thr- that's thrust upon us in school or, you know, norm, uh, mainstream academia, yep. we could have actually been rewiring this from yes. a very early age. Yes. So it's kind of like someone giving you all the Lego pieces without even a picture and just saying, okay, build me the Death Star. That's right. Everything's there. <laughs> exactly. It's right. in a massive yes. lump of color and all the pieces fit. It's just, you don't, you don't have any instructions. You don't even have a yes. picture to go by. So all the pieces are there and they're all colorful. And I mean, God help you if you step on one, but yes, uh, it's all, it's all there. We just don't know what to yes. do or how to put it together. That's right. And thankfully the best news of this is mm-hmm. nobody has to ever, you never have to go back and figure out why the triggers that you have are in place. There's no usefulness in that. This isn't like therapy. Right. I was just going to say that there's going to be people thinking, Mm -mm. I don't have 200 bucks to, you know, for uh, $200 a month to spend on therapy to to pretty do the work. (laughs) Yes. No. And therapy is wonderful. And therapy really helped me. We Mm -hmm. don't just the therapists, but this science is about sneaky brain hacks to retrain the bottom two brains. It has nothing to do with your top brain. Your top brain never, ever needs to understand why something is a trigger and trigger might sound like a very strong word, but you can just know if you're putting something off, if you feel a sense of any kind of dread or resistance, that means your alarm has linked danger to that. Period. And those chemicals are now flooding that system yes. and where our top brains being hijacked and thus begins that cycle again. Yes. There's a couple of ways, you know, there's, there's the way where you feel the bowling ball of dread in your stomach, right? So that's the chemical cascade comes down and it speaks to your muscles and your organs because your people are very savvy with knowing about the body and fitness, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is the, the neurobiology of this. So sometimes that happens, right? You, you feel, but we're so habituated to it. We don't even notice it anymore for the most part, but there's also the silent and sneaky way that the alarm can get tripped. And that has to do with bigger issues, identity mm. issues. So things like your book, for example. Yeah. Right? When the alarm, and then how this shows up, how this shows up is, you know, one day you, you have real clarity and you have enthusiasm, you have an epiphany and you're like, oh, I'm going to take on this project, like write a book or paint again or public speak or do a charity for church or something, right? You're going right. to take on some big thing and you're so excited and enthused. And then four or five, six weeks goes by and you remember it again because you forgot in yes. the middle. And you're like, wow, that was such a good idea. Why didn't I do anything mm. like that? It's because the it was a bigger deal. The alarm kicked in the silent and sneaky way, and it just kind of erased the idea. Those tend to be connected with identity, a sense mm. of shining, maybe losing love because other people might be jealous. When you go back to caveman days, if you got kicked out of the cave, if somebody was jealous and you got kicked out of the cave or you were the mom with the kids, mm-hmm. you all died. 
right? Yeah, yeah, that meant that was imminent death. <laughs> imminent death. So for women, you know, our, that's estrogen's effect on the brain too. It's a little different for men, testosterone's effect, but we, the urge to people please, the urge to think it's our fault, the feeling of, oh, I'm sorry, you know, all of that. That's a lot of that is your neurobiology. So fascinating those, stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. None of it's your fault. I'm just here to say, if the place I really like people to get is just every place you've been shaming yourself and feeling bad because yeah. you perceive that other people are able to get stuff done. Why can't I? You need to know that almost everybody suffers from this in one area or in another. In some way or another. Yeah. 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 This is amazing because it is, it is, I mean, I like the whole fact that, you know, it's not, it's not your fault. And I mean, like, oh, yeah, great. It's not my fault. And, you know, you know, not because we're looking for other people to blame. But what I'm going to say is, okay, that part I get. Now, there, there's, as you were talking, there was little, there were things I was thinking about, about like feelings of, I'm just re- remembering from the past as a little girl, sure. things like self-worth, nothing ever being good enough, you know, being told certain things. So now I'm kind of starting to connect dots like, okay, so this, this whole novel project, it's like, well, yeah, why would I write it? I mean, not that I actually had the clarity of thought every time this comes up, which is like almost every other week. Like when you have four hours, it's like, well, why aren't you writing your book? It's yeah. like this dialogue I have myself. Why aren't you writing your book? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll go do the laundry. I'll go, I'll go mow the lawn. I'll, all these yes. other mindless things that aren't taking me towards my passion. But when you're yeah. talking, I'm like, huh, I'm starting to get these like, Hmm. These all little aha <laughs> moments in my head going, hmm, you don't feel worthy enough. Why would you write something that nobody's going to read? Um, like all this stuff. It's like, I didn't even really know that's there. So while that stuff may have been part of that 70% of that, that yep. pre-wiring yep. that I had no control over during the whole scientific process of conception and the genetic makeup and all of that stuff that was going on. Exactly. But now at my age now, having the information or knowing that there's a cure because we're calling it the procrastinate because there's a cure. It is my responsibility now to do something about it. Yes. Yes. And it just means getting the information. And you know what? It's so tricky because as I said, there are all these gurus in the world that are very well intentioned, Mm -hmm. but not well informed. And we follow down a path trying to do what they say to do. Right. Well, yeah, this is the thing like with, with, well, and I like the gurus. I mean, I hate the word love it because it's like, I love the word because of how it's sort of thrown about, mm-hmm. but I've often sometimes sat and thought because I've, I've been to a lot of these big events and, and I've been to some that absolutely came, came home from them when I'm doing this and parts and pieces that I learned have been phenomenal. I was at one not that long ago for, with Greg Valentine, loved it. Mm, and yes. I found him very authentic Yes, uh, because he doesn't get up there and like, he's the guy that knows everything. Like, Hey, this is where I came from. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I had to work on. And I love that. But sometimes with this whole, I've been to other really big events and it's almost like they're up there. They're sharing their hard luck stories or where they came from and where they are. You know, you can be here too. You can be doing this too, but it's almost like they're holding onto a secret. And unless you mm-hmm. jump through some hoops or you, you can't really get the secret, but here you are going, no, this should have been taught in grade eight science. Right. It's right there. You ha- It's just nobody told you about it. So you know what? I'm the girl that's going to tell you about it. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you're enjoying today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. I come from a place that willpower is not useful. Willpower. Oh, it's, it's, it's a way to beat yourself up some more. <laughs> well, yeah, but not only that, but the science lets us know that willpower is actually the wrong way to go. So when people are stuck and self-sabotaging, they think, generally speaking, well, what I need to do is push harder. I need to have better character. I need to have more willpower. And I'm here to tell you that that's like shooting yourself in the foot. It's actually making it harder. And there are a tiny number of people with a little bit of a brain difference mm-hmm. um, and they're able to maximize willpower. But I'm here to tell you, I think it just costs too much and it's not useful. So there's a whole, whole lot of science around that too. Ooh, well, we, yeah. Okay. So we're, we're, I just feel like I just want to, like, I just want to, I just want to be cured. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't of, blame you. A lot of people out there listening going, oh my gosh, you know? Um, and again, a lot of already very successful people like standing on the outside, looking in going, wow, this person has got it together. I mean, look at what they've done. Look at what they're doing. And yet what's the struggle with sometimes, because I've sat down with a lot of people that 
before meeting them was just in awe and still am still in awe of like and mass mad mad respect for what they've done and what they do yes get to find out oh man you know what that took me months to do and I, yes. I put that off I was scared to do it when it finally did I thought why didn't I do that you know and, and you think really because you're oh, yeah. like the kind of person that would be scared of anything or that would sh- you just don't seem like the kind you seem so disciplined that it seems like nothing nothing could permeate that. And yet there it is. Well, you know, I learned about that. Like I said, growing up in my uh, unusual household where so much is hidden, I really got attuned to what people present versus what's going on on the inside. And after doing this for 18 years, I've had so many people confess to me that they they feel like they need to put on that public show, which again is back to caveman day to get to keep you in safe in the cave, right? It's part of our survival. Nearly everybody, even the big people, like I, I sometimes affectionately say, you know, you could call what we're talking about, why Gary Vee is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. guy. I've met him, by the way. Great guy. But yeah. Tony Robbins, Gary Vee come from a place that they, they assume that the top brain is running the show and right. that you ought to be able to maximize that, ignoring the fact that the bottom two brains and your nervous system attunement are triggering you all the time. You ought to be able to do it with willpower. And to use an exercise metaphor, what people don't know is that when you feel on the inside that part of you wants to do a thing and another part is resisting you and you don't know why, it's kind of like pushing your fists together in an isometric exercise. Mm -hmm. What all the gurus tell you to do is to beef up that one side, you know, just pay attention to that one and overpower the unhelpful side, right? Right. Right. That's every 99% of people. What they don't tell you and what nobody knows is that when you're trying to overpower the self-sabotaging side, you're in effect sending that self-sabotaging side to the gym, to the gym. You are beefing it up and it's always going to equal. It's always going to be strong. The chemicals are going to be more powerful, which is why when you said somebody like you, you're a super achiever, but there's so much cost. There's so much putting it off and then you know, getting it done at the last minute and beating yourself up. And it's so hard. Other people aren't even able remotely to do what you're able to do, Tanya. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but they beat themselves up generally just as much. And just so you know, a second set of chemicals come down to make it worse. So we're born with a particular neurobiology. Then we're Mm -hmm. conditioned a lot of it before Mm -hmm. the age of two. Then, so we've got these super highways in our head that are like a dirt road that end up year after year after year, you're grooving mm. it in like a super highway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unhelpful patterns. It's not so easy. And so you want to be able to, you know, shift stuff and change your neural net, which you can do, but it's, it takes some practice and it takes some attention to the new science that we've been missing. Right. And you have, and we're going to talk about like, we're going to make sure everybody knows where to find you and where to find this information because you have this set up very, I mean, very streamlined, very user-friendly, very easy to access, to get the tools, to do the work, to change this, correct? Yes, yes, yes. And we will also give actionable tips right here. I don't want to be teasing people with stuff and then not helping, but there's one thing that just occurred to me. Mm. Sometimes people hear this and because we're trying very hard to understand it with our top brain, they're like, God, she really knows what she's talking about. So a great example would be, I bet you've had this happen to you, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been out somewhere feeling on top of your game, really confident, maybe at a party, looking good, feeling good, you know, you feel great. Mm-hmm. And then some jerk comes up and surprises you. He's in your space too much with a rude mm. remark. He's a little nervous, you know, make sure. And suddenly you're looking at him, your jaw hangs open, you're just stammering, right? You can't think of anything to say. Yeah. to the rude guy, right? Right. Throwing you off your game. <laughs> Throwing you off your game. And you're just like shocked. And then you leave. Maybe you go out and get fresh air or you go home in bed at night, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden your eyes pop open and you're like, oh, now I know exactly what I should have said to them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Why I hate when that happens. <laughs> I, why couldn't I think of that in the moment? And then you, we usually shame ourselves more. We feel right. more terrible about it. That is what cortical inhibition is. That's when the blood leaves your top brain. One moment, you were full of endorphins, you felt great, you had confidence. Then the jerk came up, the alarm kicked in, the blood mm. left your top brain, and you feel not confident, unresourceful, you can't think of what to say, and you can't make your mind work, which is the same as when you had a list in the morning of all the things you were going to do, but then nothing happened, you know, and you're like, why didn't I get it done at the end of the day? Because this cortical inhibition 
the blood leaving your top brain is happening all day. And mm-hmm. only when you feel safe and restored, like usually after sleep and yeah. the blood comes back to your brain, can you work? So it's nobody's fault, right? But we have mm-hmm. to operate not from our top brain, trying to do willpower, trying to force yourself to do it. We need to come from another direction. Does this science then also work and is it able to impact? Because when you're talking about like lists and things like, um, because here, like where I work, all of us in the office, we have numerous big projects going on at the same time. And that's part of what I love about the job. Like it's exciting. There's all, there's all like, it's never, I never come into work and it's the same thing every day. It's always new. It's always exciting. I get to meet great people like yourself. We do interviews. We do like we're doing all of it. And so, I mean, there's like time blocking and and all the time management because there's a lot that has to get done and there's deadlines. And that's just a fact. So I can come in and be like, okay, I really, you know, I've got this deadline Friday. So if I, if I put in, you know, two hours, today, tomorrow, and the next day, first thing in the morning, I'll have it done before then it's going to get, everything's going to be great. And then come into the office. It's like, Oh shoot, I better deal with that email or, Oh, I, Oh, yes. I forgot to set. So all these other little things come in yep. that take my brain somewhere else. And I'm like, it's three o'clock. I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm putting in the two hours tonight at home. Um, yes. So does this help with that too? Cause it's, it is like a procrastination, but I know when that does happen to me um, in those months where it seems like everything's happening all at once, like there's six hamsters trying to share that wheel. Yes. It's like there's the one big thing that has to get done, but all the other little things coming in and they kind of get bumped to the top of the list. And yes. it's kind of a way of self-sabotage. I, you know, it must be. And, and I'm, I'm like, why, why? I know better. I came in knowing. And you know what? These like six or seven emails could have easily yes. been at three o'clock between three and three thirty. Yes. So why? Exactly. <laughs> Oh, it's, you're speaking to it perfectly. So we're raising a whole generation of people this way now. It's several things that are involved there. But when the alarm has been tripped, so your big project that you want to do, there's inner resistance somewhere or it feels like it'll be hard. So actually, when we go to the other task that we don't want to do either, but it's easier, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like do the quicker, what we're looking for is a dopamine hit, which goes right. to the pleasure center in your brain. So Sometimes it's answering email because you get a little sense of accomplishment, plus you're avoiding doing the thing that you're dreading. But what you just spoke to is the plan in the morning when you felt clear, it'll be easy and we may have an expectation, I'll get it done in these two hour blocks. And then the super highways <laughs> that are already in your brain are very used to not following through. This is what happens over time. And plus the second set of chemicals, which is judging ourselves, kind of cement in the super highways. So now we have... <laughs> right, 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 right. Support group, Lord, the, the inner committee, right? So now you have a tendency to need stuff to go wrong so that you can beat yourself up because it's familiar. None of this is conscious. None of it is conscious, but it is happening. It's patterning. Wow, there is this- a way to undo it. Well, just more like if you look at kids now, yes. it's so hard. They say that we look at our phone more than a hundred times a day mm-hmm. on average, right? Every time you're looking at that phone, it's a dopamine hit. So back in our grandparents' day, there wasn't so much stimulus coming at us, and we didn't have these kinds of electronics, and people were a little more present. They talked to each other at meals. You didn't go to a restaurant and see everybody staring at their phone. Right. You know, we, th- so that was one kind of hardwiring. We already had all this going on. But now that we have ease of electronics, people are really, when they're looking at their phone over and over, it's a double loop. First, they're doing it to unconsciously self-soothe. Yes. You little get a little dopamine hit. But then you do that a jillion times, and now you automatically, on autopilot, you kind of can't help yourself. It's a compulsion to go to your phone every time there's even the tiniest bit of chemical cascade from your alarm going off. We're just going to go to that. But there's a cost to putting our stuff off. Then you've got these big deadlines. Then you've got to have all this stress. Then cortisol is coursing through your body, which ages you and makes your skin bad, makes you feel like hell, and it hurts your immune system, all kinds of negative effects. And what I love about this. I don't know, recipe of sneaky brain hacks is that it allows people to, as I said, triple their follow through, but not take so much effort, like the effort goes away. So Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, we all think we should have an unlimited amount of willpower. And that scientists tell us you have a finite amount every day, like a bucket full and your amount of willpower that you have access to might be different than mine based on your stress and how much sleep you had and what kind of food you had and did you exercise and it changes every day. And that's so another. This is, what, this is what you refer to as the willpower bucket. Yeah, it's like a metaphoric bucket full. Yeah, and what we don't know when we wake up in the morning, we have the most we're going to have for the day. 
Right. And we each have a different size bucket and your size can change based on how much self-care you've had. But you wake up in the morning, you've got this finite amount. And we think if I'm a good person with good character, I know how to have access to unlimited willpower, which is a top brain activity. It's a top brain energy, like knitting your brow and doing your taxes. Do you know what I mean? Willpower is that kind. Karmic justice. (laughs) Karmic justice. Karmic justice. But when you, when your alarm's been tripped and the bottom two brains have hijacked the top brain, it's in jail now. And willpower is in jail with your top brain, Mm. not the useful tool. And you trying to bust through and push actually makes things a lot worse. So we've been just using the wrong tools. But so by that pushing and resisting, we're actually strengthening the things that are yeah. causing the resistance. That's it. That's okay. it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And we're trying to drive the Ferrari with no air in the tires. Mm. Not so going to get very far. Not going to get very far. Not going to get very far. So there are a few people that can do this well, okay. but I assert it costs too much, that there's other ways around that. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should talk about that. Some ways to yes. help people. Yeah. Let's share if you would, with the listeners, some tidbits, because I really do. I really, you know, for all of you listening out there, I really cannot, I mean, I'm going to get the audios and I'm going to do this. Mm. Um, And I can't wait to start, but I I don't want people out there sitting there thinking, well, it's just another one of these, you know, it's going to work, but let's give them something so that they actually know that this is, this is going to, I want people to go to the site. I want them to get these downloads and I want them to get at those two bottom brains working. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm torn now because I can either tell a story for their unconscious mind, which is most actionable. Okay. And then I can also give a couple tips specifically about how to make this easier for people that want to exercise, for example, that are putting that off. Cause I know that's a lot of your tribe. Would that be helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Like this, is, this is not just for business owners. This is not no, just for, for CEOs. This oh, is not Lord just no. for, uh, you know, this is for stay at home moms. One of the hardest jobs ever Oh, yeah. uh, for like university students, college grads, pretty much anybody, all walks of life, because we all have been born pre-wired with things that we had no control over. Yet we have the power and now the tools, the resources, the information to actually do something. Like say, if if I'm driving around, I get a flat tire. Well, I know what I can do to fix that. So I don't have to wreck the car. So why don't we do something to fix this? Yes. Driving around on four flat tires come two o'clock every day. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you find our show helpful in any way, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Your review will help us reach more listeners and continue to change lives. Let's get back to the show. Let me tell a quick story about um, a doctor that knew part of this brain science. And I'm going to speak now. This is the fastest way I can help your listeners, right? I'm going to speak now because metaphor is the language of the unconscious mind. And your unconscious mind is either in your corner, helping you finding resources, or it's not in your corner because you've had a pattern of grooving and losing with your unconscious mind, these super highways over and over and over. But there was a woman who was incredibly out of shape. She was overweight. She hadn't exercised in a long time. And to her, her link was exercise was dangerous. She didn't know it with her top brain. She had a high-end treadmill in her house. She tried every exercise system uh, and she just failed at them all. But she was in ill enough health. She went to doctors who repeatedly said, look, you got to do something or your heart's going to give out. You got to do something to change this. And she was pretty desperate. So she went to a doctor that knew about the brain science and he was very unorthodox. And he said, okay, Let's try something new. I'm going to ask you a kind of crazy question, but in the morning, what's your favorite part of the morning? And she said, oh my God, that's the easiest thing. It's my first cup of coffee. And when I read Mm -hmm. the paper, he's like, okay, I'm going to ask you to do something wild because at this point she wasn't able to even look at that treadmill that was in her house without feeling a little sick, right? It just was a trigger. So he said, I want you for the next two weeks to get up in the morning and have your first cup of coffee and read the paper while you're standing on the treadmill. But whatever you do, don't turn it on. Just do that. Right. She thought this was kind of crazy, but she did it. And she came back and she reported that she was starting to feel much better in the morning. And he said, very good. For the next couple of weeks, I want you to do the same thing, paper, coffee, on the treadmill, and then turn it on for one minute and walk for one minute at the lowest setting and absolutely flat. 
So she did this for a couple of weeks and she noticed something funny, which was that she was starting to be able to walk past this treadmill without getting activated. She mm. wasn't having to do anything big yet, but she's like, hmm. And so this continued and she kept seeing the doctor and he kept adding a couple of weeks to this. Now, Tanya, right here, sidebar, when I share this story, people, people tend to think, oh my God, they groan and roll their eyes and they think two things. One, um, this sounds like baby steps and it's not, it couldn't be further. It's like baby steps are like Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, so it's reprogramming. Not, it's reprogramming. It's also not behavioral mod and it's not, it's not uh, exposure therapy, although there are flavors in there, but it's training. It's a way to retrain the alarm that has nothing to do with the top brain. So suffice it to say, oh, and people also think I don't have 175 years <laughs> to, to do this process. <laughs> but what happened was in a matter of a couple of months, she went from having historically for years not being able to exercise to all of a sudden on its own, the alarm in the middle brain made the connection that that exercise for her was not a tiger, right? It wasn't yeah. dangerous. And all of a sudden her curve went straight up and within a few, and she was able to run. And very mm. quickly, she was running a mile a day, a mile a day, <laughs> it's amazing. mile a day. And she stayed that way and she got fit. Now, the moral of the story is, the big thing is, she did not have to change her character because people looking at her for years before this might have made the assumption, well, she's that unfit. She's that overweight. She's that unhealthy. She must not care. She must yeah. not want to do anything, but she had all the inner motivation inside. She was just missing part of the tools. Mm -hmm. So that's just a tiny bit of what worked. And my recipe is complete. It's kind of a lifestyle. It's not like going to very easy and you get results right away, but it's not like going to university and getting a degree and ticking it off the list. It's a right. lifestyle that you're just incorporating the steps every day. And all of a sudden, you're doing the recipe and everything works and you're magically getting stuff done and you don't have this chemical dread cascade or you don't do the recipe and then things go back to the way they were. So right. So this can like become that. your normal. Like yes. it's like, it like rewrite, not like it's just rewiring it. So it, this does become your normal. Yes. And then over time, and it does take time to rewire your neural net. Well, it yeah, definitely. But it really does change you, the plasticity of the brain. You can do new things. So that's one component. Another component would be there's a great, uh, it's something called activation energy. And there's a, there's a speaker on YouTube called Sean Aker. I think he teaches at Harvard. Mm -hmm. And he calls activation energy, which is a very helpful piece of this for people to know. That's the getting ready to get ready part. That's, ah. <laughs> right. <laughs> getting ready to get ready. And that's the part that we discount. So if you're going to, if you are planning a new exercise thing and you're going to, oh, I haven't been running for a year and tomorrow I'm going to start running a mile a day and you're going to do some, you have some big thing in mind. One way to help yourself is to get rid of the activation energy, get rid of the little steps that it would take to get you started. Because those we think, our top brain thinks those are nothing. And they take a few seconds often. But hmm. they, but they completely kill it for us. Right. So, for example, Sean Aker, what he said, he wanted to play guitar, and he kept having an intention to play the guitar, and he had to walk ten feet to the closet where the guitar was, and he only played two days out of a month. And he wanted to play guitar, but the next intention, he got rid of that ten feet, and he put the guitar on a little stand right at the end of the couch, and getting rid of just those ten feet changed it and he ended up practicing every day. So how that could yeah. look for someone else might be, for example, if you want to be exercising, but you notice you go to bed thinking I'll exercise tomorrow and you wake up in the morning and you'd hit the snooze alarm. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. You could, in that case, get your workout clothes all laid out and they're either at the end of the bed or your sneakers are at the door ready to go with your gym bag. It just makes a crazy difference, right? It makes a crazy difference you would think that shouldn't matter. But, but it's so, it, it does, it's so funny. And that that reminds me when I was living in New Zealand, working with a client and mm. it's like, yeah, like she, like again, most people know, know what eating healthy is. Most people know that exercising is good for you. And yeah. so I was kind of like, I used to refer to myself as sort of rehab for people that wanted to lose weight and get healthy because they tried yeah. all the diets. They tried all the, all the things. Yes. And then they would walk into my office going, I, okay. Whatever it is you do, can you do that for me? Because not, nothing's working. I stick to it for three months and I fall off. Yes. And I had one client and honestly, we started with her actually putting on her running shoes at night and wearing them to bed. 
Oh, wow. That's what it took. Um, she like the backpack was right by her nightside table and her yep. running shoes were on. Now, mind you, she had to take her running shoes off to get her, her like her gym clothes on. But that I mean, at the first night, she didn't sleep well, you know, but it worked. Right. It's and I'm funny. thinking, why can't I do something like that for myself for like the, the stuff that I'm putting on? You can. You absolutely can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bigger time. We can't do the whole thing on this, right. show, but it's bigger. But there's there's another piece to this that's really helpful, which is that silliness is a big component. Yeah. So silliness is the opposite brain chemistry to dread. Yes. And we add a little bit of silliness. I recommend that everybody go get um, easy buttons from Staples. Oh, <laughs> dead serious. Or easy yes. buttons for staples.com or staples.eu if you're in Europe. They're like seven bucks if you haven't ever played with one. But from a, a brain place, it's an anchor. And an anchor is something you can install, which is a stimulus that creates a predictable chemistry response in your body, which mm. is pretty cool. So it's kind of like if you remember, if you smell a cologne or a perfume and then you have a, you waft back to like eighth yes. grade and somebody who had a crush on, right? Yeah. Those, that's an anchor. Well, if you, easy buttons are great because they're the best anchor you can use. They're physical they, because they light up multiple parts of your brain. They're visual, yeah. they're kinesthetic, and they're auditory. Mm-hmm. So a big red button, you know, that you see, you have to hit it. And then you hear the little man's voice say, that was easy, but they're silly, right? So if you think back to science class, anybody that had chemistry, if you mixed an alkaline and an acid, what happened was they neutralize each other. Right. So if you have dread and you're feeling bad, when you add some silliness in, you're helping. That's a sneaky brain hack. Whenever you, you know, if you put your gym clothes by the door and you put them on and then you hit the easy button, you're powerfully helping to begin to rewire your neural net. Mm, Right. So that's just an easy, quick, immediate shift that people can make because we really want to change it so that people aren't grooving in those patterns in a more and more super highway way. That's why as people get older, they get more resigned, they tend to get bitter. It's just because they were missing the information Mm. and they've grooved in those patterns so hard and they don't think they have any options anymore. And there's just such a different way to do it. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you're enjoying today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. There's so so much hope in what you do for so like for so many people because and the other thing I, when you were talking now I was just I I went to write it down of course I didn't I started writing down okay. other stuff but it was um, kind of like not even so much. It's kind of like a, I guess, a form of procrastination, I guess, but that whole, uh, and it's probably my big one, mm. uh, I'll speak for myself, is that um, because of the things that I like to do and I like big, you know, the whole, I, I figure my whole purpose here is to try and do something that has an impact that brings good to the world. Yeah. So that I can do something that even if it makes one person smile or helps make their life better, then I've done something good with my life. Yeah. So I have these like these ideas, like there's the novel and then, you know, being able to speak at events and just like, you know, creating video content like we do here to help people. So there's like, like kind of like big picture thinking, big ideas yes. and trying to the, the idea that because I'm also incredibly impatient, I want to do everything, but I want to <laughs> do it perfectly. So like, yes. like a dozen things and they're all great ideas. And I suffer from well, I want to do it all right now. It's almost like it paralyzes me. And it does paralyze you because yes. I want to do it all right now. And it's like, okay, well, that's not possible, but which one do I start with? And what step do I start with? Because I just want to do all of it right now. I want to yes. write this book and create the event and send somebody to a camp. And I want, I want to do all these things all right now. Yes. And I wonder if sometimes in the, the brain, there's that thinking, it's like, those are all really good things that authentically, genuinely a person will want to do. Yes. But it's kind of like if we flood our system with wanting to do it all, it keeps us from doing anything. Well, yes, because those are overwhelmed chemicals and then the blood leaves your top brain, right? Mm -hmm. So one thing you can do for something like that is to just, you you have to let go, which always feels funny at first, but you have to let go to the best of your ability of the think, figuring it out part of your brain. Mm. And you just pick one. It could be like a dartboard kind of a thing. You just put your (laughs) finger on your list. This one, this one, (laughs) this one, and then you just start. And you don't worry about finishing because one of the things that's happening right there is we, we make m- mountains out of molehills and we picture 
not just starting something, but we picture the whole thing and all the steps it's going to yes. get overloaded. If you think about it, Tanya, think about a, like somebody that does write the great Amer- American novel, right? right? Nobody sits down and does it in one sitting. Nobody. Right. No. But we, do, but we act as though our, our unconscious mind and our bottom two brains, our body is acting like, ah, if I start this, I'm going to have to do the whole thing. And that kicks the alarm in. And then you want to go do your email, right? Or, right. Because or yeah, we all know Grapes of Wrath, he started it at 6 a.m. and was done at 9, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. And people don't, we, nobody ever talks about this. But the person that's a professional writer, say, right, uh, that's already written novels, what do they do? They get up in the morning, they use the bathroom, they get a cup of coffee, they sit down, and they write a little bit. Yes. And then they get up and they take a walk or they walk the dog. Yeah. You know, maybe they work out and then they come back and they write a little bit. And this mm. keeps happening. And there's not an expectation because they have a history. There's not an expectation that they will do it all in one sitting. So in large measure, they're not as overwhelmed with the same kind of writer's block. Some of them are. Some of them just struggle, just like you talked about at the beginning of our call. But this just keeps starting as another piece of the recipe. When our relationship to a thing is, I don't have to worry about how it turns out. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm just going to pick one, not figure out why, and just start because that changes your chemistry. Now you're in some momentum and we all know momentum is everything. And all of a sudden your self-esteem goes up. So both of these things, like the dread sends you down a rabbit hole where self-esteem goes down, but just a little bit of movement, a little bit of action in a positive direction sends the cycle in the way that we want it to go and it powerfully changes. So I love what I love about this system is a couple of things. One of the things that you mentioned it, it matters to everybody. Well it does. Back when I got that contract for the 2000 women, I used to cry every Friday. Happy tears. I would cry every I would read, well, we had posts and people would post on Friday all the wins that they had. And mama would learn it in her home-based business, but it would translate to the kids. And the kids started not fighting with each other and they would do their chores without having to be prompted and they'd be hitting easy buttons like crazy. You know what I mean? And one math problem hit the easy button, next math problem hit the, you know what I mean? Like doing stuff without being told, it went all the way down to easy and happy potty training. It was crazy. And I would cry just reading the stories of how much changed, you know what I mean? From people getting access to this little bit of information that Mm -hmm. they didn't have before. So it's powerful and it makes a big difference. And it's, it's much better than us walking around with shame and judgment all the time, right? It's unnecessary. It's not our fault. Procrastination is just not anybody's fault. We've just been missing a little bit of information. Hmm. Yeah. And it's that, I don't, not, not to downplay it, but when I say it's that simple in terms of isn't some big secret that you have to be of a certain socioeconomic class or a certain oh. culture, or you have to certain. It's just it's there. It's well, there. Just nobody taught it to us, or we nobody told about it. it. And as a matter of fact, how I put this, I mean, I had the recipe for myself, and as I said, I was working with all these different populations. But how I made it available to people was I just put a group together that didn't know any of my stuff, and we took people that were profoundly stuck, and I taught it to them in a group. And you just listen to six phone calls, and you hear yeah. them transform from being profoundly stuck to having these extraordinary breakthroughs. And when you hear other people change, it powerfully models for your unconscious mind and your unconscious mind makes leapfrogs like, oh my God, I can see how that happens. All of a sudden that was a brick wall and now there's a doorway there, right? Now I can Mm -hmm. do something. So it changes it. It just changes it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like again, just so, so much hope because um, Mm. for everybody listening, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of us sitting there going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm like shaking mm-hmm. our heads, going, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, yeah. Wendy, where can we find you, and where can we get these tools to begin the work? Yes, well, my site is procrastination-cure.com. Procrastination like dash cure.com, and I made a special page just for your listeners here, Tanya. Oh, so- great. Yes. So you could go to procrastination-cure.com forward slash SBD for strong by design. And at that page, people can download, I'm just going to make it available that you can download for free the first of the six modules. Did you hear that folks? That is awesome. Wendy, that is absolutely one. Thank you so much for doing that. 
That is a wonderful gift. You're more than welcome. And then if people want it, it's really uh, affordable and it's right there on the site at procrastination-cure.com after they've listened to the cure, right? The first module, um, you can get yourself the whole thing if you want to get it and you can be well on your way because it's extraordinary. It happens immediately. (laughs) It happens within days. You know what I mean? And there's such a flood of relief when you go, my God, this has never been my fault. Nobody gave me the operating manual and it's so bloody easy. And I tell people, you don't even have to find six hours to listen to this. Just download them to your phone and have them in your pocket. It's designed to fit in the nooks and crannies of your life. So just listen for five minutes at a time when you're stuck in traffic yeah, or in the line in the grocery store. We don't want it to be an obligation or another thing to guilt yourself over because no. people think, oh, I procrastinate. I'd never even listen to the thing. Got you covered, you know, five <laughs> minutes at a time and you'll be retraining your brain. And all of a sudden it, it will all take off from there. You don't have to figure it out or understand it, but there is relief. Right. And we, we all time. have our phones with us all the time. All the time. So you've made it there. This isn't something, this, this isn't part of the procrastination cause. It's part of the, you've made it part yes. of the cure. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That is wonderful. I can't wait to have you back on the show again Aww. because at that time I will have, I will have been working through ah. those modules uh-huh. and Great. I am so excited to experience all of that because again, it's not a secret. It's not a secret. It's just, it wasn't taught right? Um, and it's there. And, and what I love about it is it's science. It is. Yes. And you can't yes. argue the science behind it. You just can't. This is why, this is why the, the brain is, it's amazing and it's incredibly powerful. And every time I hear about something that has been proven and, you know, uh, it's been proven with science and it's another tool. I know this is something, this is another brain tool because it's, I always talk about how it's sort of very uncharted territory in a lot of ways, because there's still so much about it that we don't know, but we do know that it is capable of so much. We just need to better understand how to utilize it and work with it and what tools are going to work for what areas. And this is one incredibly powerful tool that you're sharing with us to you know, again, just use that much more of our brain to do so much better, to do so yes. good. Yes. Well, and I invite everybody, you know, often what comes up for people are a couple of things, particularly for the high achievers. We've been so married to our to our feeling of willpower that that has to be the w- way that we do it. People think, I don't want to give that up. And I want people to know, I'm not taking that away from you. You right. can keep that, that tool in your tool belt as long as you want. I'm just saying, if you add in these other pieces, you're going to find out you can get so much more mileage without so much cost to yourself. And I also want people to know that all skeptical parts are welcome. Cause I don't, Ooh. I say, don't believe me, please don't believe me at all. Just do two things. Like suspend your top brain, trying to figure it out. Cause the only people that don't get this cure that get those modules are people that stand on the sidelines and try and figure out why should this work with their top brain before they get into action. The people that just, I say, you don't have to believe me, but let experience let you know your life. Just start everything and notice what happens and let that be your guide. And the other thing is I have case studies, reviews of this, you know, from here till the next block, right? We have people's own words, tons of them. So people could go to that site, Mm procrastination-cure.com. Just listen to what results other people have gotten. It sounds too fantastical, but Trust me, I shouldn't be here. I should have, you know, and I, oh, I didn't say this. This isn't a secret, but this is an unusual collection of these tools that I kind of cherry picked. And then I have a second piece of work. I work with people that have all come out of the tribe, right? For right. the deeper, if sometimes people think, oh my God, my stuff is so entrenched. You know, this works for procrastination, but I've got these deeper self-sabotage issues. And I have used all the things that got me out of the house that I should have been dead, mm. right? I have cherry picked things that nobody's ever heard of before and put them together in a way that no other coach on the planet does. You know, there's a special recipe of those tools. So there's other opportunities too for small group coaching or individual coaching. I don't have many slots because of speaking for individual coaching, but I do run groups and there are ways to go even deeper than that beginning place of the procrastination care. So just letting people know what's available. I feel blessed. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, what you're doing is, is phenomenal because it can, I mean, it like can help so many people. And again, yeah. not, it is, this isn't just for, you know, high level CEOs and stuff. This is for anybody and everybody, anybody right. and everybody anybody. that is fine, that is struggling with why, why, yes. why yes. am I not getting this done? Why do I do? Why am I sabotaging myself? Yeah. Yeah. You can have oh. relief. It you can, can have easy. relief. 
check it out. So procrastination-cure.com yep. forward slash SBD for that free gift from Wendy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Wendy, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. I absolutely want to have you back on again. It has been an absolute pleasure to Uh, talk with you and get to know you a little bit over these past few weeks. So keep doing what you're doing, please, please. Well, thank you. Nothing could make me stop. We're like a freight train. It's like a movement. And right back at you. This has been delightful, Tanya. I completely look forward to coming back and joining you again and also seeing how this works in your life because I know it'll work and talking to you about your book. Yes. And all the other projects you would like to all the other projects <laughs> bring out into the world. It works for all of it. So very, I very can't wait. Thank oh, you. this is fantastic. Wendy, you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll talk soon. Take care. I'm Coach Tanya here with the Critical Bench and the Strong by Design podcast. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in today for my chat with Wendy Hart. And please check out her website, www.procrastination-cure.com. And for that free gift, it is procrastination-cure.com forward slash SBD. Okay, everybody, wishing you well. Take care, and we will talk again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you. 